Friendless is a proud member of the Saskatchewan Podcast Network, which is sponsored in part by Connexus Credit Union and Direct West. Hello, my sweeties. Welcome back to a brand new episode of Friendless, a show about reconnecting with long lost friends by disconnecting on Facebook. As always, I am your intrepid host, James Avramenko. And this week, I unfriend playwright and producer Jeffrey Simon Brown. Jeff and I go back to my Calgary days, and let me tell you, it was an absolute treat to catch up with him after so long. We discuss adopting dogs, losing theater work, founding the Major Matt Mason Collective, and the inevitable legal ramifications of the name, making friend lists and checking in on them twice, being hit on at poetry shows, and so much more. Stick around to the end of the episode for some fun updates on the future of the show, but as always, that is then, and this is now. So for now, lay back and enjoy my interview with the incomparable Jeffrey Simon Brown. But uh, so this week, I have a dear friend from Calgary on the show and uh, haven't spoke to you since we since we packed up and ran away. Uh, yeah. God, four years ago, almost now. Really? Uh, which is crazy. Right. But uh, uh, my good friend, Jeffrey Simon Brown. How the hell are you, my guy? I'm pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. I'm. Uh... You, uh... Sorry, I just, I just <laughs> we're off to a great start here. Um, <laughs> uh, I just got a new puppy. So, uh, what kind of what that. kind of dog is it? It's a golden doodle. Oh shit! Yeah, and he's uh, going to be he, hair galore. He's he's beautiful. Um, but yeah, I'm I'm definitely um, I've never uh, been someone to like find scatological humor funny or like talk about poo or be obsessed with poo but suddenly i'm like in a moment where i'm like all i want to talk about is whether my dog shit and piss outside like i'm so excited I'm like wake up in the morning and i'm like elena like has has bodhi shit outside yet <laughs> that brings me so much joy um you're lucky to have gotten a dog i heard i heard that like like shelters and adoptions and stuff like that were at some points in this quarantine have been like zero pop, like absolutely no dogs whatsoever like totally yeah so how did you how did you go about it is was it a rescue like how did you no well it's our first dog together okay. I, i've grown up with dogs but elena's yeah. never had a dog so uh she was like I know it feels selfish to go with a breeder dog, but I also just want some experience before we jump into a dog totally. that you know has some has some history behind behind yeah, it. Yeah, totally. Um, so we we reached out to my to my parents' dog's breeder as our cool. first breeder, and they were like, "We don't have any dogs until the fall," which felt really far away. We were hoping for one in the spring, and we were like, "Oh, that's too bad, whatever." And then they. Then they reached out and said that they had dog available right now. And apparently it's because the family that was supposed to pick up this dog got COVID. Oh, shit. Oh, my God. Yeah. 
Oh man. So they, that's so, called a silver lining, right? <laughs> I mean, yeah, I feel weird about it, but yeah. um his name was gonna be Latte if he went with that family. Oh, so you saved you saved the dog. You, at, that, at least that's a from, rescue in spirit. <laughs> <laughs> at least from the name. Um but yeah, we went down we went down expecting to just meet this dog and they were like, Here you go, here's your dog. And we had no, we had no like we had like three days previously we were like okay i guess we're getting a dog in the fall so like amazing yeah it's been like uh a lot of reading yeah <laughs> just to like get it all yeah it's funny it, it, it it's very i mean it's very much like getting a kid right where you're just like oh now i have to like tend to this living being and and i can't let it starve or be cold or yeah. you know like and if i do this is it gonna influence the rest of this creature's life totally there's that thing going around on i think it was on tiktok where it was like i don't know if this is a real thing or not but it was like this challenge of like kind of like fake punch at your dog and if and if it flinches it's because it's been abused and if it doesn't flinch it'll just it'll it's because you've been good to it it's like this really weird like tiktok challenge i i I know it it sounds really messed up but then it was showing all these people and they'd sort of like you know they do like a bully like you want to punch you know and the dogs would just like sit there completely placidly and kind of stare at them because they'd lived you know just like a life of comfort yeah well that's good (laughs) i hope that those are the ones that are that are uh, getting shared I feel like the ones that are flinching don't get shared because the pair the the people are like, oh fuck, my dog's all my dog's fucked up. My dog's exposing <laughs> my uh, abusive behavior. Um, so you're you're still settled in Calgary these days, right? No, right now we're living in Edmonton. Oh no, shit. Oh okay, that fuck shows what I know. What well, uh... <laughs> I mean, <laughs> well, that's what I mean. I mean, everybody just bounces and and it feels like so many um so many people sort of ended up in these like scattered spots and then now they're just like hunkered down right yeah i mean for us like we were gonna do the majority of the year in calgary and then and then the last part of or like you know of the season that's what i think of as a year from september to the spring so we did like (laughs) we did like the fall and winter in calgary and then we were gonna do like the spring in edmonton and uh then yeah covid happened and we we uh, couldn't stay at the place we were going to stay at we ended up getting stuck in this apartment for a while and then we moved in with my parents for like oh, shit. five months and then we just uh, some friends of ours uh, are out of are out of town and and uh, let us use uh, rented us their house and so oh, we've been amazing. there for the year and oh knows? that's fantastic it, I mean it doesn't really matter where we are right right? yeah yeah. that's kind of the thing is that it's like it's been this whole thing of like who gives a shit where you're living like you you should just be inside that's what you should be doing right now (laughs) yeah totally exactly but uh how are you holding up like are are you because you know i I know you were um like you you know i know you predominantly as a playwright and as a and as a sort of a theater producer and um so i'm wondering sort of where where are you at with everything going on with you know obviously cancellations last year and then are you getting reprogrammed this year? Like what's going on with that? <laughs> uh, yeah. I mean, I mean, it's like the constant thing of like everybody yeah. being like, Oh, you had something going up in like April of last year. We'll do it in the fall. Just right. kidding. We'll do it in the spring. I'm just kind of like, <laughs> sure. Yeah. Um, uh, so yeah, I mean, I, I, I'm kind of, I'm like incredibly lucky in some ways in that like uh, last 
the Christmas before this last one, I mm-hmm. I I did an adaptation of a Christmas Carol for Theater Calgary. That's right. Yeah. Which was great, and that kind of was like. I put in all of this work for that. And then I didn't like have a ton of stuff booked for 2020. I really like had like some loose things planned, but I hadn't really gotten my shit together to make any plans yet. So Mm. when most people's work fell apart, I was kind of like, Oh, well I didn't really have anything planned anyway. So, uh, but now my company is sort of trying to like pick up the pieces and be like, uh, we we're trying to, put together some kind of uh outdoor distance show in edmonton in the spring and then something online in uh in the fall which is cool i think like if if the the thing with theater for me is like and i'm sure you know you've had this conversation with jenica and with other people like I don't know like if if something is like for me if something is the content of the show is saying this could be really cool to be online and engaging in a way that like strikes the content of the show in a different way I think that that's really cool but like if you're just putting what was supposed to be live online like it just feels like having empty yeah it feels like having like a taxidermy of your pet yeah in your room it feels so hollow and it really, you know, I, I'm actually, I've been a big advocate for instead of putting theater on video and streaming stuff, I've been a big advocate for uh, recording it for audio because I find that the, I find that the experience, if you're going to record it, if you're going to try and put it on a different platform, I find that the theater experience is actually closer to an audio experience than it is to a, to a video experience. Um, and, and I don't know, maybe that's just a personal thing. Um, but like, I, I know that the readings and the, the sort of odd stagings that I've watched, I've been like, well, this is really uncomfortable for everybody. And obviously the actors are really nervous right now. And no matter how distanced they are, they're not really totally comfortable being there. And so like, why yeah. don't we just like remove the cameras altogether, let them come in one at a time, whatever it might be, or, you know, record like the way we're recording, whatever it might be. And, and um, present it that way. So that, like you say, and I agree wholeheartedly, uh, if you're going to do something new on film, make it be served by that. Right. And yeah, exactly. Exactly. Like the, the Christmas Carol that we did this year, I did like a condensed adaptation and they actually got right. a whole film crew in and, and filmed it on the <laughs> stage and it ended up being pretty cool. Like I thought that that looked cool, yeah. but I mean, not everyone can do that. So if it's just like about, yeah, putting people in front of music stands on zoom, it's like, man, like, uh, I u- I usually don't want to go to stage readings in person. <laughs> exactly. That's exactly <laughs> right. You know, like I saw somebody, somebody was, somebody was posting the other day of, uh, I, I miss theater so much that I'd stay for your talk back. And I'm like, no, 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 nobody misses theater that much. Like, that's, <laughs> yeah. Oh my God. And now there's it feels still like, elements, you know, we're having that golden veil thing, right. Where it's like, there's still elements that suck. We just, don't have access to it you know? yeah and it feels like all that's left now is the talk back it's exactly, like so exactly many right. panels exactly. yeah. yeah yeah just everybody gets to declare what they're going to be doing but nobody can do anything so you know um you mentioned um you mentioned your company that this is the major matt mason collective right yeah or is this a different company no, this, now this i would thing. love to hear 
I would love to hear um, about this this collective because it's 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 um it's a group of artists that I only ever sort of knew tangentially and you know through through sort of interwibing and um I'd love to hear the sort of I, I mean I, I guess it might have to be sort of the condensed version but um I'd love to hear the sort of origin stories of this collective because it they you guys did really cool work and and I just like all the people that I met I don't know if I met the whole team but I know all the ones I did meet I just absolutely adored and so I was always really impressed by you guys. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, that came out of like a bunch of us mainly who graduated from um, Mount Royal College, now university, uh, back in the day, just different graduating classes and just Mm. the community that came out of that. And um, for a long time, it was sort of like whoever wants to be a part of the company can be a part of the company. And then when we started like, (laughs) getting doing cool stuff, I think, more people were like oh we want to be part and it's like okay well we can't let everybody in so what are the circumstances and we found different levels of how to share responsibilities and power and decision making and all that kind of stuff we're about like a decade in and the big change that happened this year is is there there were like a bunch of artists who were involved sort of uh on the periphery of the company who still very much helped with uh, organizing events and participating in uh, shows when we did that. But in terms of the producing, that was mainly myself and Evan med who, you know, and, uh, and Zoe Glassman is the other, is the other co-producer of the company. Um, And, you know, through the conversations that have been happening over the summer, as well as like just some stuff that was bubbling up, we were kind of feeling like, well, we have a bunch of artists, a bunch of white artists who are like part of the company who every time we do a show, we feel the need to like hire the same eight people before we hire everybody else. So we had a conversation with the company and those five artists uh, decided to step down from the company, uh, you know, formally. And so now it's me and Evan and Zoe running the show and uh there's still like a ton of people in sort of like the family who who we're happy to bring on and work with but in terms of like who who the company is it's 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 us three right now and it's pretty cool and now and now now am i correct me if i'm totally wrong did you get the name from this is our youth yeah yeah we did okay because i was you know you know (laughs) know, i had never i had never read that script before and then what i ended up doing actually was i listened to a recording of it in like maybe april and uh of all people mark mark ruffalo is the like the kind of loser guy in it yeah uh, yeah and they keep on talking about magic matt mason and i was like this has got this is too that can't be a coincidence right but so okay so the first show yeah that was the first show we ever did it was like a bunch of our <sighs> friends we did it at uh, the regina fringe and the calgary fringe two places no that shit. are n- not renowned for their fringe festivals um uh, <laughs> but uh but yeah we we did this weird thing where we were rehearsing for like over the course of like eight months we just like oh yeah kept rehearsing the script and, and at the time uh, I was smoking a lot of weed in my basement apartment. And so we made up this game called major Matt Mason from the script where <laughs> you, we were blowing all the weed smoke into one of those bounty tubes, yeah, yeah. you know, like a toilet paper tube stuffed yep. with bounty sheets. 
And so the game was that you would close your eyes and, and smoke weed and you couldn't blow it out until you found the bounty tube. Someone had hid the bounty tube and you had to find it and then you could blow it out. And that was a game that we made called Major Matt Mason. So when we put on the fringe form, what's your company name? We put, oh, Major Matt Mason. And then we put like, ah, let's put collective because that sounds cool. And then for like the last decade we've been figuring out what it what does it mean to be a collective like should we change the name of our company because it's legally uh copyrighted by mattel toys and because it's a real toy yeah it's a real toy and like oh there's there's a there's a there's a tom like tom hanks keeps like talking about how he's gonna make a major matt mason movie and we're like at the point that that gets greenlit we're like that's when we got to change the name. But at this point, like every year that goes by, we're more and more known as, as major Mason collective. Totally. So yeah, these are the conversations that uh, we have or that I wake things that I wake up in the middle of the night thinking about. <laughs> um, and now, so for this, this latest uh, project that you're, that you're working on, is it, can you, can you talk about it? Is sort of, it, is it in the works or do you want to, they're both, the... they're both sort of, dl right now i wish okay. that i had no 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 that's I got all my good. shit together this would be some nice free all advertising good. but uh what okay well then what i want to do then i want to i want to change gears a little bit and i want to talk about um because i was thinking about this ever since we kind of set up this this interview i was trying to remember um how we met and i was trying yes. to I, and i was hoping i was hoping we could hear your side of the story and i'll sort of color in as as i remember if i remember the, the right the right circumstances uh but i was wondering if you remember how we met i don't remember meeting you like <laughs> i feel like it was like very gradual because yeah. you were working at alberta theater projects while right. my play the circle was going on there that's right and uh and so you were like just always around you were around i feel like you were friends <laughs> with evan yeah first well, Before what's okay? Me? So, okay, so you what tell yours. Was, yours is more well. No, I'll, 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 I'll add in. I'll add into okay, that because because um, we, we, I remember actually uh, because you, you all knew Janica first through yeah. like the, the, the um, what is it called, the performance lab and those kinds of things, right? Various things. Yeah, that's Various, a whole other right? rabbit hole. Yeah, exactly. And uh, and so when we moved to Calgary, we went to see your play about the uh, about the key, the key maker, the, the the girls who break into the house with the the key cutting. And, oh yeah, uh, all right. And, and we, so we went to see your show, and you were actually running the door at the time. And so we just like said like hi in passing, right? Because you were busy, and you know. But that was like sort of like the fabled first meeting, you know. And then okay. uh, and then yeah, and then and then yeah, and then I got that job as the assistant front of house manager, and. Uh, it's funny that you should say I was friends with with Evan first because, like, you know, um, I basically met all of you essentially at your like opening night party where we all just got like, like just dirty drunk. Yeah, yeah. And and basically, like, because I was just like, I'm here. I'm the brothers manager. I'm technically in charge of the building right now. <laughs> <laughs> I was like the most senior person at the time, and um. And I just sort of like, you know, wormed my way around the party, right? And Evan and I just hit it off by, uh, we bonded over Stephen King books, I think. Ah, right. that makes right? sense. Yeah. He's, a big right? Stephen, he's a big science fiction horror guy. Yeah. 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 And, uh, and then, yeah. And then I was just like, I remember just being so 
Like, I was just so taken with you guys. I just thought you guys were all so cool, right? You know what I mean? And so it was like, I hope they like me too. Oh, (laughs) well, I do, man. No, I I totally had, like, just from how you and Evan were chatting, I was like, oh, wow, James, like, really close. Like, must have known Evan from forever. So That, that night, we literally met that night. Yeah. Wow. And, uh, and just fast friends. Yeah. I love the guy. He's great. But, uh, but, uh, yeah. And then, and then, and then I remember like, yeah, just through all of the circle, I just remember that being such a, cause I was pretty new at that job at that time. I think that was only maybe my second or maybe my third show. Oh, wow. And okay. Yeah. I was like really new to that job. And so I just like loved having a team of like, people my age right and who were there all the time and it was such an exciting like the audience was really excited and it was a young audience and everybody loved being there and everybody wanted and it wasn't you know you 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 sometimes when you you know in in theater and canadian theater especially you you get a lot of older uh older casts and already older audiences and a lot of them are very like sort of locked into their habits and their their you know whatever it might be their attitudes you know and so it's a little less like it's a little more routine with them yeah it's a little less little there's a little less like you know especially for somebody like a front of house manager it's very much like yeah yeah cool i'm i'm the star like get out of my way <laughs> you know whereas you guys were like so like you just you seemed so happy to be there right and so well, it's really refreshing right it really was this really unique circumstance where God, like for, for me you know the year before that i was working at the mall i was living with my parents yeah. i was like you know like out of out of theater school round two sort of like wondering how to get my shit together and then uh yeah ATP like tapped me to do my play and I also got cast in it and it was really important to the creative team that like every person involved in the show it was a big deal for them like for the for the director for all of the cast for the designers like it was like a big deal it wasn't like oh i'm doing another atp show it was like this yeah. is the show that's either like defining my career or like that's really important to me like subject wise or just for whatever reason so it really was like because you're right like i i i find that the 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 larger scale theater that i do it feels like the more that the people who i'm working with and sometimes myself included it feels totally. more like i'm i'm checking in i'm checking out you know like here's what it is for the day and that sort of like spiritual aspect or like communal aspect of 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 what drew me to the art form originally like gets gets lost and so that was just like yeah yeah, such a magical time that we were all just like i mean we we hung out after every single show like yeah yeah Yeah, no, you really felt it. You could feel it like through the whole building. You could feel it. You know what I mean? Like it was and and it and then you also could really feel it when it was gone. And I think that was the worst part. <laughs> it's like, I think, you know, because then like the next show was some fucking yet another like, you know, CZQ drives her car or whatever the fuck it is. And it's just like, oh, my God, this fucking nightmare. Right. You know? <laughs> So this question is really like the the heart of the show. Um, very often what I talk about is um, the real root of, of sort of what I'm searching for in this show is the question of like, have I been a good friend? And, mm. and if I, if I want to answer that, then what I'm trying to figure out is what does it mean to be a good friend? And what does it even mean to be a friend? 
So um, I, I put this to every guest and, and, I'm, and I'm curious to hear your thoughts on it. Um, how would you personally define what friendship is? Yeah, I was thinking about that. I was like, that's really hard <laughs> to answer. Um, I don't know. It's something I've been thinking a lot about, you know, in the pandemic, I think I'm going to go on a little tangent and I'll come back right. to the question. But I think like something that, that that's really come up for me the last few years and then really came home during the pandemic is like, feel like uh, as... I started out being like, oh, I want to make art with all of my friends. Now that I'm in my 30s and like looking on who my friends are, it sort of is like, feels like I'm making art to have friends sometimes like yeah. that, like all of my friends and not all of them. I have plenty of friends outside of art, but like a lot of my like closest friends have become so tied up with um, my career that it feels like. I've turned them into colleagues, yeah. um, which I'm really trying to undo. I'm trying to like, uh, yeah, find out how those relationships can survive without, uh, with me now not having a career. Um, <laughs> well, there, there is that thing though, right? I, I agree with you wholeheartedly. That whole thing about sort of like, like, are we are we friends or are we just making art together right yeah. and 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 in London, like and if we remove the art what is left of our relationship you know well and that's the thing like i was talking to you about some of the changes that happened with my with my company and and really like we were having all these discussions that were like oh man if we aren't making art together are we still going to be friends and i was like that's a really fucked up thing to be considering and if that's the case yeah. then maybe this is a good step because I don't want to just be like hiring you because that's the only way I get to hang out with you. Right, yes, like that's yes. really dangerous. Um, so I don't know. Now I'm really like, I feel like a friend is like someone like I define a friendship with a person as like someone who I could like, if I reached out to them, either just like calling them randomly or like sending a message being like, Hey, you want to chat? Normally I would say hang out, but that's not really a thing anymore. But like, do you want to like <laughs> chat on the phone while I go grocery shopping or whatever? Like, like, and that person wouldn't be like, sure. What are you wanting to talk about? Like if, right. if like they're, if they're just like, yeah, great, sweet. And would be stoked on it. Then I feel like then, then that's a person who I've maintained a friendship with. Even if like in the case of like you, like we haven't talked in years, but like, you know, and I'm glad that we're doing it on a podcast. Yeah. Like, I'm happy to be like, also having some kind of like, creating a thing together. But had you just been like, hey, man, I'm going to the grocery shop, going to the grocery store, Do you want to like, talk on the phone, I would be like, sweet. Yes, yeah, absolutely. Totally. So that's, that's the that's the answer. <laughs> Wellness, however you define it, is achievable. You don't even need to figure it all out yourself. Talk to Conexus. They'll give you guidance, motivation, and the push you need to reach your goals. They've got you. They're your financial partner, and they know you can achieve your very best, your financial best. Prove them right. Start right at Conexus Credit Union. What is your most vivid memory of our friendship? 
Oh, yes. Okay, I, I couldn't remember what your questions were, and I was hoping that I got to tell this. My most vivid is, so I was, uh, I was tapped for, no, I've never written poetry. Um, I, uh, and I was, but I was tapped by this really awesome dude who really liked my writing, uh, who set up some poetry events. And he, he asked me to open for a poet, but he wanted me to do this monologue from my play, the circle, which is like, honestly, like everybody always asks me to read that monologue for things, or at least at that point. Now, no yeah. one remembers what that play is. Um, but <laughs> Welcome um, to the life in theater, yeah, baby. <laughs> it's uh, ephemeral, baby. Um, but uh, yeah, so I was like, I was like, nah, I don't really want to do that. Like, whatever. Like, I don't really know uh, about poetry. It's like a conceptual poetry. And we just, me and you just happen to be having a beer at the oak tree i think is this true uh, yeah well uh i think we uh no we uh jenica and i went to that event not no. knowing you were opening for it no and no no so... no this is that is false i remember i went to i went to the bar and i was just casually saying to you i got tapped i won't say the person's name because it's also funny but uh, but i was like i got tapped to open for this conceptual poet this is his name and you were like that guy is like a big deal and i think you yeah. were like i'm going to that you should do that's it right. and that's that's, that's right. the only reason that i did it was because you were like this person <laughs> is like great and yeah. um what was so okay i'll go so many tangents like at I the time it. i was really in this thing in my theater career like i had written a lot of like naturalistic stuff is like my jam most of the time sure. and like narrative stuff but i was really like a lot of people who I looked up to as playwrights were writing this like really bizarre stuff. And I was like, I should write weirder stuff. And uh, <laughs> anyway, we went to this, we went to this event. I sat with you guys. I didn't know anybody else there. Yeah. And... Neither did we, it was our, we, it was our little safety corner. It was good. Yeah. <laughs> and then I remember the main poet guy, this is why I'm not saying his name, just like was aggressively hitting on Jenica, like so yeah. hard. And and was like being so nice to our table. And as soon as she either showed her ring or like mentioned that she was like involved with you, it was God. like, yeah, he was like, like pieced out. <laughs> he took his tiny little scarf and he was out. <laughs> <laughs> um, but but yeah, so then but so then this conceptual poetry thing started. I read like a really weird uh, visceral thing that i've written i don't think i it remember was... it i still remember it i, I oh, mean i good. don't i don't remember i remember the details i remember the the sticky carpet and you're kind of like pulling your skin off and yeah, stuff. yeah 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 um I, I don't know if it was a poem but i read a thing and then like the person right after me was like said something about like how i i it probably wasn't targeted to me at all but said something about like how conceptual poetry is the best poetry and anything narrative like is bullshit and i was like what the <laughs> fuck and then i proceeded to like have this night where i was like i have no fucking idea what's going on like i was like being you know like i you know i read ann carson i read yeah. Lu louise gluck <laughs> but like i'm not like i'm not like a poetry guy like my my, sure. my partner like uh is is far more into poetry is into conceptual poetry and stuff like that but it's just not my it's not my thing and i was sitting there i was like i have no way into this 
Yeah. And I kind of had this realization in that night that I was like, okay, I don't want to go so far into like making my theater weird for the sake of making it weird. Or I, all I'm doing is making theater for other people who make weird theater. Like I want right, to, exactly. I want to be making theater for like someone could have never seen a play and be like, Oh, that was, that was pretty cool. There was um, a, I, I don't know if it's, I don't know if it's a genuine Rimbo. Uh, I'm probably saying, I'm almost certainly saying his name wrong. Rimbo. Uh, I don't know if it's a genuine quote of his or if it's somebody like in a character as him, but one of, he, he thought, I remember from somewhere in the past hearing about like one of his rules was never do anything. The person in front of you can't understand. Yeah. Because that's like like well otherwise what's the objective totally. of of art? Like it's okay to be uh confusing, it's okay to be um mysterious, it's okay to be challenging, but at the end of the day, it can't just be nonsense just to look like you're being cool, right? Totally. You know, and that's what that's what that night felt like. It was cause because that poet does some really cool conceptual stuff he does things like he tries to write poetry on like amoebas and stuff and like in yeah. microscopes like it's cool stuff he's trying to write like he's trying to write like an organic poem and it, 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 that's cool um at least in, in 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 but but his his disciples are the ones who have kind of taken the message and ruined it you know but here's the thing is like i read his stuff after and i still it's was fine. like this is fine the thing about conceptual poetry for me and sorry to any of your listeners who are like fucking conceptual no. poets no, um, but them. but uh <laughs> but like i'm like that's something where the concept is so much cooler than the poem and i'm like exactly. why don't you just come up with the concept yeah and write a bunch you're, of concepts bingo. no bingo. You're, you're you're so spot on and that's that's it right there where it's like Oh yeah, that sounds really cool in, in 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 on paper, and then you see it in practice, and you're like, "Oh, that's dumb," <laughs> you know? Like, yeah, like it's someone still just this asshole. Someone reading the phone book can be poetry. I don't. Yeah. I'm gonna leave immediately. I don't want to. Well, fucking... that guy. Yeah, that guy. That poet. Um, it's probably good that we're not calling him out, but he's friends with the guy who literally, oh, uh, like, y you maybe even be referencing this guy. He's friends with this poet who will literally be like he'll share all these dumb things and he'll be like, this is the greatest poem ever written. And it'll be like the, the, the list of nine 11 deaths. And he'll be like, this oh is God. the most powerful poem ever written. And he, he calls everything the most powerful poem ever written. And it'll be like these, like just blocks of text because it'll be like the speech of this or the list of names or the phone book or whatever the fuck. And it's just like, buddy, eat shit. <laughs> you know? Like... <laughs> yeah. I feel bad now that we're shitting on Ah fuck them. these are the kind of people who make this is the thing these are the kind of people who make the lives of other artists harder because they are really loud and abrasive and public and they ruin the public concept of what an artist does you know and so it actually makes other artists lives harder because now we have to be like yeah, I'm a conceptual poet, but I'm not an asshole. You know, like right. <laughs> I mean, I'm not a conceptual poet. My my poetry fucking blows. It's just about that sad boy being pathetic and mediocre. But <laughs> see, I can I I feel like I I have a way into that. Exactly. That's the thing, <laughs> but right. 
I will say there's a lot of people in my life who would hear this and be like, shut the fuck up, Jeff. You're just too <laughs> fucking dumb to understand this. They wouldn't say it like that. But, you know, it's just not my jam. And I, I think that I think that's something that I've I've found over the years is like being more honest about like what my jam is. Like, I remember totally. like back when I was like 18, I was like carrying around a Norton anthology of English literature, like on my breaks, like frantically reading like like 18th century poets trying to find like a poem that I liked because I was yeah. confused that I didn't like poetry. And guess what? did you not find one i found one i found <laughs> oh, a, did Ye- you? a okay. yates poem that i like oh yeah okay yates is good yeah but but it's you know once i found like richard syken and you know some other people i was like oh this yeah. is what i like this i can exactly. get into and some other people are like oh that's cheaper poetry and i'm like then i like cheaper poetry you fucking exactly. jerk fuck you yeah anyway so that's my memory of you and it was really fun at the table we just were like getting drunk and like quietly roasting people and i felt like we were the outsiders (laughs) and had i just gone to that event by myself it would have been so so much of a nightmare and i was not ever invited back to do another poetry reading but i (laughs) i had a very fun time with you Direct West is a proud partner of the Saskatchewan Podcast Network. Is marketing getting in the way of running your business? Direct West has a local expert team right here in Saskatchewan that will work with you to build your website exactly how you imagine it. Let them help you improve your online presence. Head to directwest.com to learn more. kind of comes into you know this comes full circle of what we've been talking about about like you know all the things we used to be able to do and how we used to be able to call each other up and hang out and how that was such an integral part of our you know our friendship and and now you can't do any of that right you can't you can't uh you know you can't go for a beer unless you're a real asshole and uh (laughs) you know and so i guess I don't know. I don't know if we see an end. I, I know I don't see an end to this anytime soon. The amount of people I see being assholes about, you know, wearing masks and all those kinds of things. So who knows when we'll be out of this. Yeah. But what do you think it's going to take uh, as an individual, as a person to be, you know, a good friend to people in 2021 and then into the future? I think just reaching out to people. I think I think that that's what I'm realizing is like, you choose to be in people's lives and even though we're we're limited in being able to see people you know like you choose to be in people's lives and yeah and there's only a limited amount of time you can't uh you can't spend quality time with everybody but like you know if 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 neither person makes an effort then there's no way you're going to continue to have a friendship. And if, I don't know, there's people for me who have continued to reach out to me in times when I felt like I couldn't reach out to other people and, and people who, uh, who are just showing up in ways that isn't like literally showing up because I would Mm. be like, you need to go home. We can't have in-person gatherings, but like, you know, yeah, yeah, I I do I do find it's so tough, right? Because I'm somebody who's really struggled with um I struggled with a lot of social anxiety anxieties in a lot of in a lot of degrees about like a lot of um 
you know, I'll often sort of tell myself, like, I'd like to reach out to somebody and I'll sort of tell myself any number of excuses as to sort of why, like, why I shouldn't, right? And why, um, why that would be a waste of time and why they, X, Y, Z, right? You know, why they hate me, right? You know, it's just that totally. sort of like internalized yeah. little gremlin head, right? And that's something that I'm really trying to fight. And it's something that I'm trying to use this show as a platform to amplify is, is exactly what you're saying, which is like, it doesn't have to be this big thing. It can just be really simple and it can just be being nice. But uh, but I guess what is the like, because I, you know, like, do you just do you would you recommend like, do you just like stiff upper lip it and do it? Is it like, uh, you know what I mean? Like, is it like just grab the handles and rip or like what is something that you can recommend somebody to like sort of like work through that anxiety? Yeah, I don't know. I got like my partner's really good at being like these are all the people that I'm seeing this week. Like, you know, my, my evenings are filled up with like social engagements. And so I would be seeing a lot of like our friends or her, her friends. And, um, but I wasn't reaching out to a lot of people in my life and I was feeling really lonely. Mm. And so what I did was I just like wrote a list of like people in the city that I'm in who I could reach out to and maybe go for a walk with. And then I wrote people who are like normally in my life who maybe aren't in the same city as me. And then like another list of like people who I haven't talked to in a really long time that I should just do it. And then, and then I'll usually have like one day where I just reach out to like 30 people. And then suddenly I'm like overwhelmingly busy for a while. And it kind of goes (laughs) in waves like that. But yeah. now I just have this list and then I'm, that I'm adding to where I can anytime I'm like, ah, oh, fuck, I'm feeling like really like lonely or like I'm putting a lot on my partner as like the only person who I'm spending time with. Yeah. Um, then I just go through that and go like, oh, man, I really miss James. I'm going to I'm going to reach out to him, you know. Yeah. Um, that's such a great idea. I love the idea of like make a list and sort of work your way down it. Right. Like, yeah. And you could even yeah. put a mark next to it being like, I actually contacted and had a hangout with this person and, and you yeah. can keep putting marks next to it. It's not like a check mark. It's done, but then be like, right. oh, I still haven't connected with Dylan. I'm going to keep going back. Yeah. I don't know. Oh, that's beautiful. I love that. I, that's something, you know, I asked that because it's like, it's one thing to sort of say like, yeah, just call your friends. And then it's another thing to be like, here's like an actionable step that you can use to put towards it. Right. Yeah. You know, and, and, uh, um, cause I'm both of those things, right. I'm, so, you know, I'm somebody who, who struggles and then I'm also somebody who's like, you should do it. You know? <laughs> me, me as well. Me as well. Right. Right. right? I love but, uh, to give advice that I do not take for myself. Bingo. Bingo. Listen, Jeff, man, you know, fuck, we could talk for ages. It's so nice to, to, to see you and talk to you. And I'm just like, I'm, I'm, uh, you know, it always comes to the point in the interview where I have to pull up your Facebook and I, and I, and it hurts, you know, but, uh, but I mean, Facebook is bullshit anyway. Yeah. I mean, the, the benefit here is that I really don't like Facebook and I don't go on it really at all anymore. So, um, it's uh, becoming easier and easier these days with this show to be like, yeah, yeah. We don't talk on Facebook anyways. Who gives a fuck? Yeah. At the beginning (laughs) of the pandemic, I made an Instagram like right when I was like quitting Facebook. So anyway, 
I'm still a, I'm it. still a slave to to Zuckerberg. So exactly, exactly. As long but, as uh, I'm as long as I'm giving him money, then I'm. That's happy. the key. I need to make sure that Big Daddy Zuck is uh, <laughs> is uh, you know that the blood gods are fed, right? You know, and uh, yeah. But uh, but you know, man, like before before I do, and friend, I just want to say, like you know, um, like I'm really I'm really grateful that you're my friend, Jeff, and I uh, I'm really glad to know you, you know, and. Um, and uh, like, you know, it sucks that it's been three years since we've seen each other, but like, uh, it's really reassuring to know that we can just pick up the phone and it can be this easy and this nice, you know? And, yeah, please, uh, please do. Right? Yeah, yeah. And uh, I just miss the shit out of you, man. And I just hope you're doing well. And I'm really glad, you know, I'm really glad you're doing good wherever you are. And, and uh, you know, I hope, uh, I hope your dog has a really good shit later today. <laughs> yeah, me too, man. <laughs> me too. I feel the same way. You're, 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 you're awesome. And I, I look forward to, to catching up more when we're not creating a podcast. Bingo. Yeah, exactly. But we do to finish off the podcast, we have to do one last thing. So I'm going to pull up your Facebook here and, uh, and here we go. Jeffrey Simon Brown. We're no longer Facebook friends. Brutal. <laughs> there it so is. So take that. Okay. <laughs> that's it thanks once more to jeff for coming on the show i just love that man and i hope he never tires of his dog's poops (laughs) if you like the show be sure to let your friends know um a really crazy update uh something happened last week that kind of blew my mind friendless charted on the apple relationship podcasts um, in canada for the first time we peaked at 146 which is fucking crazy 146 out of literally all the podcasts in relationships. I just, I think that's absolutely amazing. And I literally could not have done it with all you listeners. So I just want to say thank you so much. And um, now I'm greedy. So now I want to see if we can break into the top 100. I think we can, but I can't do it without you. So just be sure to give all the episodes five-star reviews, share the links, tell your friends to check out the show. Uh, Follow me for all updates on social media at friendlesspod. And be sure to send me some love and thoughts on my email at uh, friendlesspod at gmail.com the new site and patreon is launching very soon uh maybe even sooner if i can get my head out of my ass uh but the site is mostly just a refresh but i think it's gonna be a ton of fun and i really can't wait to launch it but wait i shall to be sure that it is worth your visit speaking of launches though raised by the movies the podcast about me and my sweet wife, Jenica, re-watching movies from our childhood and talking about how they messed up our adulthood is launching tomorrow. If you are uh, listening to this in real time, that is March 3rd. It's going to be an absolute best. Don't sleep on this one. It's a ton of fun. First season is all about the Disney renaissance, and it is an absolute hoot. Jenica is the absolute funniest person I know, and you need to check this show out. But that's it for me. So I will just say I love you. And I hope you all have a great week. And I hope you get out in the sun if you can. And I hope you call up a friend and you tell them that you miss them. And I will catch you next time. But as always, that is then. And this is now. So for now, I'll just say be gentle with yourself. And I'll catch you soon. Fun and safety, y'all.